What's up, guys? It's Heather, your rom-com queen. Hey, it's Lucretia, your thrill seeker. And this is Stephanie, your wild card. And we are The The Reading Reading Sirens. All right, so today we will be discussing Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. In this book, it starts off by giving us a peek into the outsiders, so to speak, of the group of neighbors, which are the Wilds. Uh, One of them is Arlo, so he is the father. He is, everybody just sees him as this previous drug-addicted rock and roll songwriter, Um, the mom of the of the family, Gertie, she's seen kind of like the floozy showing off her pregnant boobs, pregnancy boobs. And then their daughter, Julia, she's seen kind of like as a bad influence to where she but got she caught. Was my yeah, <laughs> she, she was my favorite too. She's so spunky and like confident in herself. And she, she pretty much just tells people like it is, you know, mm-hmm. when it came to her best friend, when it came to other things. And then their son, Larry, who's seen as a weirdo, right? So this is the family that everybody chooses to point the finger at, especially when it comes to the pretty much quote unquote block bitch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she at first was befriending her. Sorry, her name is Rhea. She was at first befriending Gertie, and then Jesus twisted. She yeah she. Something, there was a misunderstanding that happened between Gertie's husband and her. And so she took it way off the rails and decided that she was going to make this family the outcast, mm-hmm. pretty much. She was the evil step for wife. <laughs> yeah, she was. And so, and that's exactly what she was trying to be. She wanted to hold up appearances mm-hmm. and just pretend like she was this great woman with a great family and really once we start seeing the insides of her family we see that it was tearing apart Mm -hmm. it was bound to break at some point and the pretty much what brings her family and just the discord between the neighbors to everybody to light I'm sorry is the sinkhole so Mm -hmm. Gertie is in the middle of confronting Rhea about not inviting the family to the to the fourth of July (laughs) Block party. party. How do you forget to invite one family to a block party? Your neighbor. She's your your neighbor. You're used to be best friend neighbor too. Mm -hmm. And she clearly states when she confronts her, I didn't forget. I just didn't invite you. Right. I really (laughs) didn't want you here. And so obviously the family takes offense. Gertie's in the middle of confronting her. And all of a sudden this big old rumble happens and boof. The ground is gone. Can you imagine going through that, though? Like, if you were actually there? Yeah, that would be super scary. I know there's been instances in Bakersfield where that kind Mm -hmm. of thing happens. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine just being right there. Imagine, like, what do you do? Oh, and my my favorite part in the sense that it's scandalous (laughs) is that Rhea doesn't even go for her family when the sinkhole happens everybody else is trying to find you know their significant other their kids and she's just there like fending for herself <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it's just um it's a scary thing and I know in that general area sinkholes are a big mm-hmm. factor I mean yeah. as California we have earthquakes and in New mm-hmm. York and Florida and they have sinkholes. and especially because in the way that they make it seem it's like the all this pollution has led mm-hmm. to really warm temperatures that mm-hmm. led to, you know, the ground being. And then the time setting in the book is in the future. In the future. So yeah. 
it just I feel bad for the dog. <laughs> I, know. I know. It just kind of reminded me like the start of the end of the world. Like mm-hmm. yeah. type of book. So it kind of drew me in and like, oh, the world's gonna end with the sinkhole. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is the start of it. And you know, everywhere else it's gonna start collapsing and there's gonna be exactly. additional sinkholes. And it really wasn't the case with this book. It was just really focused on this one particular, you know bubble neighborhood and Mm -hmm. essentially how their intertwinings with each other kind of worked and how everything just came apart so this sinkhole was the center of the drama unfolding Mm -hmm. because through this sinkhole so all the neighborhood kids the so-called rat pack Mm -hmm. they are not allowed to play around the sinkhole and then Shelly who is Rhea's daughter is not allowed to play with Julia (laughs) but have Charlie, who is pretty much infatuated with Julia, Julia's crush, and or he's crushing on Julia. So there's no way he's going to stay away from her. And then it comes out to where these two little girls are fighting to the death by a sinkhole. And then mm-hmm. they realize, what we're friends. What's going on? Yeah. And yeah. so that's when... That scene was actually love- really heartbreaking for me. It was. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the girls, like it, even if you read the girls as characters it they associate themselves with their moms they're kind of a mm-hmm. smaller version of their mothers at some point you know and it's sad how you know kids kind of mimic their, their parents, parents and do. parents don't really realize that you know they're sponges and mm-hmm. let them be two years old or 13 year old if right. you're gonna act like a bitch they're yeah. gonna be a bitch in life exactly and, and you pretty much see Shelly brought into all yeah. her mom's turmoil and she feels like she has no other choice but to be this mean girl yeah. and try to make Julia an outcast just like her mom has made Gertie an outcast. I and was happy that she did come out and tell her truth mm-hmm. even though it was right before she died. Yeah. So that somebody would know what exactly happened to her. Yeah. At least and to the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. And know. that's pretty much what leads into the bigger drama of at least Julia knew the truth mm-hmm. because otherwise Rhea could have gotten into her family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, Rhea, she, so at being scared that people are going to find out of the abuse that she was committing towards Shelly, she turns around and points the finger at Arlo, mm-hmm. which the family's already an outcast. And she just makes it seem he, she pretty, she says that he raped her. Mm-hmm. And that just leads to the whole neighborhood turning against him when really they should be turning against Rhea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that was just, I mean, with neighborhoods like that, I mean, it's sad to say, but that's how it, it is. There's the the top dog family. There's those followers. You know, followers mm-hmm. And then there's those ones the that ones are like. Be the same. Yes. And yeah. then there's that family that's the outcast and unfortunately it's just because they're a little different or they're I'd be that they have their own way of thinking or their Mm -hmm. own opinions and unfortunately I couldn't imagine growing up on a street like that it's it's Mm -hmm. hard I mean everybody watching you wanting to copy you criticize you like I would not want to be on that street that's why I would never do that the ties that you do have with people are fake because it's just to Mm -hmm. keep up appearances and the sad thing about it is it overflows into the kids lives Mm -hmm. these kids know the truth because julia and shelly they all talked about it and so they they're trying to tell their parents like hey this is not the truth Mm -hmm. what you're doing is not right 
And do the parents listen? The parents don't no. care. Mm-hmm. And then poor Ray's kids, the older ones, she just makes them think that she's in the right and mm-hmm. Arlo really did these horrible things that he didn't do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting book in general. I mean, the whole plot of it for me kind of, I love the sequel. I've never really read a book book that had a concept of a sequel, mm-hmm. the surrounding mm-hmm. of a sequel, and then the whole Rat Pack. I love yeah. the Rat Pack. Yes, it just reminded me of the kids in the neighborhood in New York or in oh, the like Bronx. The Goonies and yeah, yeah, it did remind me of the Goonies. Yeah, just kind of like the kids that were stuck together. Unfortunately, and not they all these risk kids. their lives to yes. bring the truth to mm-hmm. light. I mean, that's some dedication from thirteen. 11 yeah. you know little little kid pre-teens we're talking about here so climb in this hole that basically has monsters and steam coming out of it right <laughs> and it goes to show too like we always try to tell kids like oh the adults are always right but really it, this is a perfect situation where the kids were the ones that had to fight for the truth to come out and to even seeing their own families turn against this poor guy who had no blame whatsoever. I felt you know? so bad for him. And I mean, his only fault that he woke, went out drinking the night before, mm-hmm. <laughs> woke up with a hangover to right. kids screaming. Right. And he runs out of the house and his boxers. <laughs> right. Because his child is running towards a sinkhole. I know. You know. Like, I would have done the same thing. No care in the world. I'm going to save my child. And unfortunately, yeah, it's like that, that survival kind of, instinct. Yeah, mm-hmm. it catches them up. And unfortunately, that leads to his demise in this book. And I mean, she did a really good job. I mean, the whole plot of the story was overall really good. I mean, the concept of it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it really brought to light how just one label or the branding of a person can really affect other people's point of view and really even in spite of all the evidence that he wasn't doing anything people still wanted to blame him and find Mm -hmm. him at fault for pretty much this little girl's death you know when it really was not his Mm -hmm. fault at all Mm -mm. I mean that's kind of like history in general though they need the scapegoat yeah Yeah, I mean and unfortunately he was the one to take that blame Mm -hmm. and take that that letter A on his coat. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, if you get a chance to read the book and pick up the book, I mean, the book itself has a really great map in regards to the actual neighborhood and that the map numbers. Saved me. Yes, mm-hmm. the numbers of the houses and who resides in the actual mm-hmm. houses and-, and who starts moving away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, with so many characters, I mean, your the book's based off a whole neighborhood so the character list is insane mm-hmm. so the map itself helps and we're actually really lucky because we get to have the author miss sarah lingan on today's podcast yay hi can you hear us yeah now i can hear you yay. Oh, perfect. Good, oh, good. Or good morning good noon i don't know <laughs> How are you doing? Good, good. Where are you guys calling from? We're actually in California. We're calling from Bakersfield, which oh, is okay. in the, yeah, like Central a little Valley. bit north from LA, a little bit south from Fresno. We're yeah. smack dab in the middle, kind of. Oh, yeah. I, I drove up there. I did a signing in Barnes & Noble, Bakersfield. A couple oh, weeks ago. that's awesome. <laughs> oh, a couple weeks ago. Really? We missed it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Aww. Well, it wasn't. Uh, it was kind of a drive-through. You know. Oh, oh, okay. Got it. So we're we're gonna go ahead and introduce ourselves, so that way you can, ident- I guess, kind of get a feel of our voices and our names and stuff. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and start. My name is Stephanie. Uh, on Instagram, I'm lit for lit. And um, one of the reading sirens. <laughs> nice to meet I'm you, Heather. Oh. Nice to meet you as well. I'm Heather, and on Instagram, I'm Books and Doggies. All right. And I'm Lucretia. I'm here to read on Instagram. Hi. Hi. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, we're a fairly new podcast, and we're just kind of making sure that we're reading some of the hidden gem books and Mm -hmm. you're one of our hidden gems oh thank you so we really enjoyed the book we did it it took us for I would say one spin but honestly it was like one of those roller coasters where you have multiple loops in it and you don't even know what's coming next Mm -hmm. so it was great oh that's awesome I'm so glad yeah um have you always wanted to be a writer uh yes I, I decided when I was four years old, so. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, when uh-huh. I was four years old, I probably didn't even know what I wanted to be tomorrow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. How many books do you have released or published? Uh, I've published this. Good Neighbors is my fourth. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But I published my first in, I think, 2005 and then, or maybe 2006. And then uh, I published three, and they were all horror, and I published a whole bunch of short stories. Mm-hmm. But then Ooh, horror. I kind of slowed mm-hmm. down because I had kids. And so oh, okay. um, this is my first since then. So it's been about 11 years, which is a really long time. So what pushed that change from horror to thriller? Or, I mean, I, I, what, what made you want to switch it up? Well, honestly, I think it's like any kind of change. I was, you know, I wouldn't have done it ordinarily, but I was forced to, (laughs) which is, um, no, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. You know, Mm -hmm. change is good, but it's hard. Um, My third book, Audrey's Door, did not sell very well. And it would have been okay. I would have been able to overcome that, I think, if, uh, if I also hadn't started a family at the same time, which put a lot of years between books. So by the time I was able to put another book out on submission, it was a book called The Clinic that I'd written for every day for five straight years. And it was a pretty good book. Um, and my agent sent it out and it didn't sell to anyone. And one of the big reasons was because this, my previous sales weren't good for Audrey's door. And at that point, no one remembered me. Or if they did, they were uh-huh. like, oh, she's out of the business or she's um, something must be wrong that it's taken so long. When in fact, it was just that I'd been, you know, you can't, you can't be raising kids and be able to do the deep work of, or young children mm-hmm. of writing a novel. It's just, honestly, I don't even think it's possible. So, mm-hmm. so, so that was the reason. Anyway, so I knew that I needed to make a change, but at the same time, I had started Good Neighbors and called it Empty Houses years before and come to an impasse and the impasse was also this was sort of a slow burning thing that was happening where I knew that horror wasn't the way to tell that story 
And maybe horror wasn't the way to tell traditional horror, because I, I think you could very easily argue that Good Neighbors is horror. It's just not um, slasher. It's not about being frightened mm-hmm. of something around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a human nature thing. So yeah. yeah anyway, um, I knew that that wasn't the way, the best way to tell the story. I knew that a monster was sort of taking attention away from the more nuanced and I think more immediate feelings of, you know, uh, of those human relationships gone wrong. Right. So, yeah. Oh, so I just had to learn how to do that. And, and then that one sold. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and your book was great in that it, it really, it showed our susceptibility as humans to go for like that social or just that social influence that others have on people, you know, because it, it really showed how one person essentially could turn a whole group of a whole neighborhood against a person who really had no blame, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think very easily it's just our nature. We're, we're pattern recognition species. We're always looking to solve things and we're taking the information that we have available and using it, even though that information is biased. And I think um, it's, it's our best intentions a lot of the time, but when there's bad actors involved, uh, very easily our best intentions can can go wrong, can turn violent, can persecute the mm-hmm. wrong people. Definitely. From all the characters in the book, which one was the hardest for you to write? Uh, I would say that Rhea was the hardest for me to write. Um, I enjoyed it, but I really had to figure her out and I had to figure out what kind of person would do the things that she does, but also be sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And to me, she is. I mean, I've, I've heard from a lot of readers who are like enraged and hater. And, um, mm-hmm. and I get that. I do. Um, but I think for me, her circumstances were so difficult and her environment was so difficult. And I think sort of Maple Street created Rhea Schroeder. And so yeah. it was about that. And I also um, researched narcissism a lot uh, to, to, to write her character because she is a classic narcissist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely seems like it. And even just, I know when you were talking about having her character be relatable, even just her in her murk, her going through that very much like reminded me of somebody going through a depression or some you know, a mental health illness where they're just, that they, they do have control of their actions, but at the same time, they don't really have the same view of their actions as the people on the outside do. So, and, and in, in being that you had to write this tough character, was there any type of self-care routine or any type of self-care that you had to do for yourself to keep yourself, you know, sane or... Relaxed, stress free. I'm not a person who would even understand that question. <laughs> She's a mother. There's no self care. I, like, I don't even know why I asked. I haven't done oh, self care. How many kids do you have? By Just chance? two. Just two. Two. And they're lovely. They're really hey, two, much two's a lot easier now. But yeah. then you have young kids. I I just you know this 
I, I feel like I feel like it's this thing where uh, in American culture, it's like women can have it all. So and it's not true, mm-hmm. and they just should admit it. And then they should just like you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be like a five to ten year career pause. The people need to just live. You know, when you send your resume out, it should be a totally valid excuse of like. I don't know. It was really hard. And I don't remember those five years because I was up all night and there was like, <laughs> yeah. I tried to put socks on them for two hours, you know, yeah. <laughs> or you would put them on and then they take them off and then you put them on and then they take them off. Yeah. It's a constant battle in your yeah, life. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, it's, it's, it's like, well, you should have figured that out. And it's like, no, <laughs> no. right. Nope. Uh, society should figure that out because moms have a hard enough right. job. And dads, too, yeah. who do primary well, caregiving. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your husband seems like he's really a factor in the relationship. And I just seen your guys' post the day where you guys went to the zoo <laughs> and you're like caged animals. <laughs> he is. He is really helpful. I said to him, you know, that it feels odd to me because I've been talking so much about how mothers are unseen and their work is unpaid and invisible and it's not fair and blah, blah, blah. And it's in some, it's, it's true for me too, but it's less true for me than it is for most people. And I feel slightly hypocritical, but he made me feel a a little better. And he was like, but it's your job to speak for them. You know, they're too busy (laughs) to do it. You can talk for them. And it's so, you know, I'm okay with you saying that it's that I don't take it personally. So so um the book itself what prompted you to set the actual time frame in this book in the future versus well two things the first was like it just took me so long to get published I was like I don't know (laughs) maybe 2027 it might be 2037 Uh, (laughs) the other thing is that uh I think that global warming is only going to get worse and I feel Mm -hmm. that people are going to be feeling strain more. And so I wanted this community on edge already. And they know that their future is less bright than their past. And they're frightened for their children. And they're sort of hoarding what money they have. And they're worried about their jobs. And they're not fixing their roofs. But they're also trying to put on the the cloak of respectability and safety. Mm-hmm. that they know is no longer real anymore. I mean, there's a sinkhole morning in the middle of the park because of global warming that they never experienced growing up. I mean, Garden City is a town I grew up in, and I used to ice skate in the pond there in the 80s that hasn't frozen since the 80s. Oh, wow. I mean, it's... And everyone oh, wow. say, no, it's, it hasn't frozen since the 80s. So, um, so I think everyone is having this cognitive dissonance in the town that's, that's painful and confusing. At the same time that these newcomer wild families move there from East New York, and they're, they're sort of street mm-hmm. toughs, and they don't understand the middle class, and they're very rough around the edges, and they're not the kind of neighbors that you want. And they don't keep their lawn, and their kids are kind of like chain smoking and unapl- you know, cursing all the time. And the neighbors are freaked out because they're like, this is our future. This is what we have to look forward to. This is not what we wanted for our families and our kids. And so the wilds are sort of ciphers and scapegoats um, yeah. for that reason. Anyway, so the reason it's 2027 is it's just that, that, that much more pressure. Although, honestly, more sinkholes have been coming than I ever thought would by the time the book was released. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you grow up with your own Rat Pack? Um, no, but I did grow up with like some kids on the block that we used to play manhunt with during the summer. And I think I was the youngest of them. And they had some, there were some personalities. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I think those friendships of, of, of your middle school years are so sweet. And I think it's when you're coming of age yourself and you're sort of realizing who you are as an individual and uh, your place in the world and what you want your place to be. And you realize that your family is your family, but they're also, here's the flaws they have and here's the ways that you'd like to get away from them. And here are the friendships that you're choosing for yourself for the first time, as opposed to like play dates your parents are setting up for you. And I think that's, that's, you know, a, a time of wonder that I wanted to capture. Yeah, I really enjoyed how you actually set them in the age groups you did, the children in the book, because that is such a vulnerable time of a child's life, their whole transition from being a kid to a teenager to an adult. So that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Peter, was he based off somebody you know or somebody you've met that inspired you to write his story? No, um, I was thinking of, I just thought it was, you know, honestly, a, a cool plot device of, of Phantom Leg and, um, or Phantom Limb. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's a crazy thing, too. Um, and so it just started from there. But, uh, you know, he's named Peter Benchley after the author of Jaws and then his grandfather was, you know, on the Algonquin round table. And a lot of that, the names in that book I had fun with of, of sort of parents and children and sort of the, uh, their inheritances. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about, or um, I know you mentioned Rhea's character was one that was difficult for you to write about. Was it also hard for you to write about her, I guess you can say, uh, or abuse of Shelly um, being a mother? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, so so it's not me. So once I get into the place where I'm mm-hmm. writing this thing, um. I feel a little bad. Like sometimes I think, well, what if my kid reads this? But then I think my kid will know better. Like it's, <laughs> my kid knows that I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I clearly didn't do that to them. So they're not going to be too worked up. Mm-hmm. But um, so there's, I think the only reason that I would feel, have a hard time with it is the, the reason, the social reasons and expectations of who I'm supposed to be as a parent and a woman. But as a writer, mm-hmm. no, I had no problem with it. Nice. Um, re- reading the book, there's just so many characters to kind of relate to and understand and undercover their story. Um, the map in your book, or a couple of the maps in your book that basically transition to help your readers understand, I mean, the develop of the map, how did that come about? Was that something you did intentionally to help with the confusion of maybe possibly too many characters oh I had so many characters to begin with that I had to have like character sheets like I cut there's like you know Mm -hmm. 200 pages missing or more of this book of other characters so it started definitely (laughs) but um 
then I drew the map because I was trying to figure out what the sinkhole looked like and just obviously just just how things how the action would form around it and then I realized it would be really fun it would be kind of like an in-book gag to have what happens with the sinkhole and what happens with the people who leave be visually represented and that was really fun and I had some maps that my husband had made for me but they weren't professional and Simon and Schuster hired an artist who worked with me and drew them all yeah which was really cool Mm-hmm. the maps really helped me visualize so I mean they were just such a helpful little reference to like what was that character's name or where did they live or or how did they see what they saw yeah it just it was a good visual point in the book yeah I was super happy about it I mean they they put in a lot of work and I was really grateful for that you don't always get that you don't know what you're gonna get you- when you when you come in with a publishing yeah. deal um, they mm-hmm. were, they were great. They were wonderful partners. Do you have a favorite character? Well, from so the book? Rhea is probably, you know, the hardest and most favorite character of mine because I think she has such an interesting journey, and I think she's so funny. You know, she has these really funny lines um, of things that you would never say to anyone in real life, but. That's still pretty funny. And when she has that breakdown with her, <laughs> her boss, <laughs> I think it's funny. oh, I know. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> like the, some of the things I'm pretty sure you like sometimes wish you could say to people, you know, and you hold yourself back. And here goes Rhea. She's like, well, she's, it's like <laughs> here you, you, you yeah. But what's what's interesting about her is is everything that she sees in other people because she's got such a. Uh, discerning eye and knows what's going on they also see in her and she has no idea you know she thinks she's hiding everything about herself but even in in the the neighbors who make the stick out her they're like yeah she was too much a lot of the time <laughs> you know we didn't yeah. think she was perfect or a great mother or the most best pta president she thought that about herself kind of so um, but also Gertie was really fun to write because she has this journey. She's, she's mm-hmm. had such a difficult life and all she does uh, from, from page one is try to better herself and better her circumstances and grow as a human being. And I think, um, I think it's really easy to look at people and what they have and assume that that's what makes them who they are. And we're all guilty of that. You see someone who looks Mm -hmm. good and is well-dressed and has a nice car and a good job, and you're like, they did everything right. They're really smart. Um, But those people, Mm -hmm. I think it's very easy for them to stop growing and become inflexible. Whereas a character like Gertie and her husband Arlo... uh, I, I think they're amazing people. Like they felt very real to me and it felt to me like their journeys in life uh, were to be emulated, were to be, um, were just impressive. Definitely. I mean, you definitely saw two characters who came, like you said, from very difficult backgrounds and you see them come to this, what, what they thought was their goal of, you know, moving into this, white picket fence type of neighborhood where, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's going to be 
loving and accepting and then they turned around and kind of had them as an outcast yeah. you know but I I could see that too where you you're almost or I was rooting for them the whole time like I, was oh, I really hope you know nothing comes of this to, with Arlo and I really hope that the truth really comes out and that they can find Shelly's body not just because you know it's horrible that they they can't find her body but also because that would that would bring up some evidence against, you know, Rhea versus Arlo. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, I've, I've heard reactions where people are like, love the book, but I've heard some reactions where people are super upset because they're like, this upset me the whole time. And I believe it could happen. But I just, you know, it was, it was so bothered me. And I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's a story worth telling because I think more and more there's it, uh, American society is a trial without jury or judge and mm-hmm. it's decided by the masses. It is. And, mm-hmm. and it's I, a sickness. Okay. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think we've somehow culturally come to the conclusion that it's our moral obligation that we're not good people unless we're constantly casting judgment and trying to get people fired, um, trying to ruin lives. And I just, even if these people are wrong and they often are, I just don't see that as the solution. Mm-hmm. I also liked that you used the media aspect of it. Uh, to bring to light that sometimes there's a lot of biases that we get just from watching, you know, a journalist's point mm-hmm. of view of the story or the report, the article on the newspaper. And we don't really, we don't know the circumstances because we're now being told by a secondary person. And we're, because we're susceptible to, you know, influence, we tend to form our own biases based on the limited information that yeah, we do receive. completely. And, and we become riled up about it, especially when it's something that has to do with... So I'll, I'll quickly just give the synopsis of the, the book for anyone who's listening, who listens to this and is like, what are they talking about? It's, so this family, the Wild family moves yeah. to this cul-de-sac where there's the sinkhole warning and they're out of place and they don't belong. And the sinkhole forms at, at the same time that they get into a big fight with the queen bee who lives next door. And it's a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. It's a best friendship gone wrong because Rhea has a sickness. Um, so mm-hmm. Rhea's daughter, who is her prize and her pride, falls down the sinkhole. And Rhea is so injured by this, so ruined by it, and so self-blaming for it that she, she to survive, she's got to blame somebody else. And so she blames the wilds. And she spreads that blame around the community and the community starts to think, well, the wilds are weird enough. Maybe Arlo did something to this girl. Maybe she was abused sexually in some way. And they can, they can't even say it, but they believe it. And it makes them go bananas. As soon as, as soon as Mm -hmm. the, the rumor spreads enough that they start to think, well, even if it's not true, we have to act like it is in order to protect our community, in order to protect our children. And if we're wrong, we'll apologize later. Um, it, it's a very damaging point of view. And so the story is really about what happens to this family after this false accusation. And, it, and the, the community becomes a mob and the mob turns violent. 
Yeah, it was it was definitely, you know, eye opening to see how one lie could create such chaos. Mm-hmm. A domino effect along the community mm-hmm. and how they just were ready with their pitchforks and ready to prosecute anybody in their past. And unfortunately, the wilds was in their path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the, like a, the scapegoat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ha- had you always intended the ending that uh, you went no, with? I wasn't sure. I didn't know what the best version of that was. And um, so I, I went through several ideas and I, then I realized that um, the idea I had originally, I think, you know, I, I keep coming back to this. I've been asked this a few times, but as you asked me this, I, I kind of remember that it was the other family that I was going to have be injured. And I wanted it to be a clear indictment of our current culture, um, that that mm-hmm. was the family. And then I, I kind of thought, I just, there's not a reason to go this dark um, because mm-hmm. uh, um, as I grow older, like bad things happen. They happen so much. And we, we just turn such blind eyes to them. And we occupy ourselves with things that don't matter because the things that do matter are so painful. You know, it's not because we don't care. So there's a really valid reason to tell dark stories, but I couldn't make it that dark because I thought, well, what's, what's the message? And I wanted a message here of like, well, what can we do? How can we change? How could we do better? And so (laughs) you may be surprised to think that like I fought with myself to make this a happier ending, <laughs> but I did. Um, and I thought, but I still wanted the community to be indicted for what happens at the end. I didn't just want it to be one crazy mm-hmm. lady. And it would have been just one crazy lady if, yeah. if there's another way I could have done it. And I'm sure you could, guys could think about what that is, but then it would have been just one crazy lady. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be like the community yeah. that just failed and 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 sort of egged her on and made it so much harder for her to to turn back Mm -hmm. and i i definitely also liked how we were able to get a glimpse of the future of you know some of the rat pack and also the wild family um i think that was really insightful into bringing to light that if this family would have been ended by the situation, they wouldn't have been able to accomplish these great things that they were able to do as like, as adults, you know, like Julia Mm -hmm. becomes a social worker. Um, Charlie moves it to California with her. The family ends up living happy, more comfortable um, in a place where they're essentially a little bit more accepted. Mm -hmm. And so I I liked that, like you said, uh, I know you, you mentioned you had a different ending. I like that with this one, there was a happy ending for the family that was, that had the pain inflicted to them well, at, at the beginning. I think there's mm-hmm. another narrative the too. And the other narrative is, is that when people choose to be, they can be very resilient and they can, and, and resilience, I don't mean like just a, mm-hmm. a show of strength or an ability to make money, but I mean to become better people. That's resilience to me. And so, and so Gertie at the end, Mm -hmm. it's just so tough. You know, she's gone from this woman who talks in baby talk when she's upset and runs away 
when she doesn't know what to do or she, there's conflict is happening to this woman who's like, who looks you straight in the eye and tells you exactly what she's thinking and is in charge of her life. Um, and I think what happened on Maple Street changed her in that way. Essentially just for the better. I mean, we appreciated the wild family throughout the whole book and it just makes them 10 times better in the end Mm -hmm. that they were able to essentially out, you know, have a better life and the community didn't hold them back regardless of what, how they prosecuted them. So that was awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Do you have a favorite author? Um, I just thought of Alice Monroe came into my head. I still think about the beggar maid sometimes. Uh, That's such a good story. And um, I love, you know, I I quote Grace Paley at the end of this. She's terrific. Uh, I love uh, Lauren Groff. She's really good. I love Walter Tevis. He wrote um, Queen's Gambit, which is on Netflix. Um, But he also wrote this book called Mockingbird that I really love. so many. Shirley Jackson. I almost forgot her. <laughs> Do you have anything in the works for upcoming? Oh, so um, I adapted paper. it into a television pilot. And hopefully, you know, we're working on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there'll be some kind of announcement at some point. And then. My... Are you going to get to yes, help pick who plays who? exciting. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Do you have any ideas in mind? Are, I'm not allowed, allowed to share them, but we, it's, it's fun. It's like, you know, <laughs> they're like, make a list. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just make a list. I could so, so see like Sandra Bullock playing Gertie. Gertie? Oh, yeah. Sandra Bullock <laughs> playing Gertie. Yeah. yeah. I could see her playing Gertie. Well, yeah, because she could get down and dirty, but then she could always play like. <laughs> uh huh. I can see her doing that. <laughs> Breaking news. That's who I pictured when I read the book. Was oh, wow. her in Gertie's role. Mm-hmm. Who did you pick for yeah. Rhea? That would be interesting. Did you did you envision anyone? I'm writing it down. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, let me let me look it up. Oh gosh, we can come up with so many. <laughs> I, I can't even think of her name right now. She came out in um the one I'm thinking of, Was she came out in Big Housewives? Little Lies. Oh, um, Nicole Kidman? Oh, gosh. No. Reese Witherspoon? The young one. Laura Linney? No, it is. <laughs> I think so. Oh, Laura, oh, Laura Linney. Dern. No, uh, Laura Dern. Oh, Dern. Yeah. She'd be mm-hmm. great. Oh, I could see her playing Rhea. Oh, yeah. I think that actress I was thinking about is a little older than that. So probably not. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can send you she a can list. Play stepmother. <laughs> we just need a cast Artie Ooh, for the you. Rat Pack. Can we cast the Rat Pack? <laughs> oh yeah, please. Well, yes. we're yeah. so excited. It's really exciting. That's really exciting. exciting. I mean, we'll see what happens. And then my next novel, um, yeah. there should be an announcement pretty soon. So, so I'm excited about that too. Awesome. We're going to look out. Oh, for and it. then I have, um, yeah. I have a short novel that's out called You Have the Prettiest Mask. That's in 
uh, a magazine called Lady Churchill's oh. Rosebud Wristlet. And then I have uh, a novelette, which is like a long short story in uh, Best for the Year Volume 12 this year um, called Night Nurse. Mm-hmm. Night Nurse. We, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Yes. Sure. Thank we you so do. much for having Thank me. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. We definitely had fun discussing yeah. your book with you, and thank you. We'll have to have you on after oh, the yeah, series releases on TV, so yeah. we can fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Rate the characters. I know we're we're gonna be looking out to see um, if we see any news on who's getting casted. <laughs> yes. So if you see a lot of our posts at the bottom, like Ooh, try this person. <laughs> recommendations oh, yeah <laughs> well thank you oh, so much we really appreciate you it you have Bye, a wonderful sunday so guys um were you guys able to relate to the characters some yes so i i kind of related to gertie a lot because mm-hmm. i feel like she was well her whole family really was kind of like the outcast and i think I've always kind of felt like I was more of an outcast versus like falling into that norm of what's expected of you. So I mm-hmm. did relate to her in that aspect that she knew she was different and she didn't care. Yeah, She was just like, well, this is who I am. So either these people like me or they don't. And that's, that's, I'm still going to live my life. You know, I did, I did feel bad though that she, uh, especially cause she did feel bad with her kids being outcast Mm -hmm. but I related a lot to her I think her whole family was relatable in general Mm -hmm. like I mean just being from a family that we don't follow the norms of society like Mm -hmm. I've always been like that one person like oh you're wearing pink I'm gonna wear black um yeah Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ride a scooter yeah like I just I've never mm-hmm. been that inside the bubble type of person and the wilds yeah. are like that. They're like, yeah. we're weird and we don't give a fuck. Yeah. I exactly. liked the wild. And they were actually mm-hmm. my favorite family yeah. from yeah, the book. Exactly. And the, where I couldn't, I mean, there were so many different families that were there that I, I, I tried to relate with them, but honestly they were just very hateable characters aside from the Rat Pack. The Rat yeah. Pack, I think were, were another group where I was like, okay, all these poor kids, Mm -hmm. are trying to like open their parents eyes you know and and everybody else just kind of I I think what I couldn't relate to was the whole pointing the finger yeah I've always hated that and there's always more than one side to a story and more than one element to that side and so Mm -hmm. I don't I didn't like that aspect I did like the the one character that was in a wheelchair he was yes, my yeah. he was probably one of my favorites yeah yeah I did like him he was actually really cool and he was one of those guys that I'm young and I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm in a neighborhood mm-hmm. watch. And he just seems mm-hmm. like that guy that was Peter. Gonna, yeah, yeah, Peter. Like, he would hang outside the window and he just kind of kept to himself. And and he stood up for. Or, yeah, he yeah. essentially mm-hmm. just kind of like yeah. was the protector of the neighborhood. And unfortunately, not everybody felt just, that way his, about him. His backstory really got to me. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it made him even more relatable, I feel mm-hmm. like, because yeah. even though he had this disability yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, he still made it his his own thing and and i thought it was a really big low blow of raya to either send somebody in there to destroy his fears Mm -hmm. or like you really have no heart no to do something like that she was just mentally broken i mean something was just broken in her and unfortunately 
she took it out on everybody around her. It was never yeah. her fault. It was never her kid's fault. It was never her husband's fault. Yeah. It was everybody around her. And yeah. unfortunately, they paid the ultimate price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you guys swept in from the start? I was um, because I feel like the the action started happening pretty right early on. Like, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, I think at first it I did. described it similar to like Desperate Housewives mm-hmm. where there's drama on the street and you know it. <laughs> and and afterwards it started getting into more of like the suspense and the thriller and like you start to see like what's actually going on behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was <laughs> one of those books that it was a little different. It had a different feel from initially from the beginning. Um, even the time setting was different. And yeah, I think that's kind of like that drew me in like are aliens going to come down? And oh, I know, right? Take over the whole, like, I just, I don't know. That kind of just drew me in. And the I was whole, excited to see where it was going to go. The whole yeah. concept of the, the sinkhole, that was kind of another mm-hmm. drawing. But then, and it, it was almost like a physical thing to bring into the attention of what was going on into the neighborhood. Because there were so many abstract things that were going on, like people's feelings and people's, like, thoughts mm-hmm. of each other and then the sinkhole happens and then the disappearance happens and now we actually have something physical to focus on yeah. you know so mm-hmm. kind of alleviate a lot of the problems in the neighborhood too it's all because of the sinkhole it's all because yeah. of this yeah the static is because of the sinkhole yeah the lack of being able to call 911 mm-hmm. what did you guys think of the overall plot I, I liked it, but I just didn't like a lot of the characters. Like, there were so many characters. Like, mm-hmm. it was just hard to follow. Now, initially, she had a map in the actual physical book, and it kind of helped you distinguish who was who and where they mm-hmm. were located. But it was hard to follow. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the plot was good in general. I liked the whole concept of it. Yeah. But it was just one of those books that you, like, I felt like I had to take notes the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I did, too. I, I honestly took so many notes on this book. And even then, I feel like I still miss some names because yeah. I, I think sometimes I would think of people as, oh, so-and-so's mom. Oh, so-and-so's dad. Mm-hmm. Like kind of Association. How, how you associate yeah. them in real life when you have so many neighbors and you're like, oh, the one that always washes his car over here. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like it was just. And then it, I, I listened so to many. it on an audiobook, so I was lost trying to remember who was who? what and where. Yeah. So then when I got yeah. the map from Lucretia, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is OK. Now I know who's where. Yeah. <laughs> and the good, good thing, too, is like when you have the physical book, because I did both. So I would switch mm-hmm. back and forth. And um, so in the book, as the chapters go on and families start leaving or the sinkhole mm-hmm. gets bigger, it actually updates the map, too. Yeah. So you get oh. to see who's still, still there at that time. Oh, okay. At the part or the like say so-and-so moved out and yeah so it was actually an interesting book I mean Mm -hmm. the whole concept of it was really good it just I don't know there was just so much hatred in the book there was (laughs) that that part was really hard to get through because Mm -hmm. it 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 was really just hearsay Mm -hmm. that got this family and okay so I think my biggest issue is there was an actual person causing harm Mm -hmm. and because she was upstanding in society or in that neighborhood, they she was like the head They ignored bitch. it. So they, not just not just did they ignore it, but they followed along when she blamed someone else mm-hmm. for the damage that was being done. Mm-hmm. Yep. When really it was her. And a lot of people had that inclination. Like when you start to see, like when they start interviewing these people individually, everybody 
like not everybody, but some people are like, oh, I know this isn't right, but I'm just going to go along with it type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. I mean, overall, I, I, I really enjoyed the plot. It mm-hmm. was one of those books that took a little longer to get through. And that's it was just like because, a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to kind of familiarize yourself with the neighborhood and the picturization of the actual sinkhole mm-hmm. and their overall individual stories. Yeah. There were so many characters that you had mm-hmm. to kind of get to know their backstory. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. if you didn't know their backstory, it just kind You're of... You're going to get lost. Yeah. 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 It's, it's easy to get lost in a book like this. But I, I, I did... I love the plot. I also liked that once you think you got to the worst part but you did not get to the worst part no. something yes. else is coming your way yep. and it was just like wait what <laughs> what <laughs> what like mm-hmm. I feel like my jaw was dropping every so often you know it wasn't just yeah. something that one big event happened it was just a lot of shocking really shocking mm-hmm. physical so honestly too just some trigger warnings. There's a lot of abuse in this book, and there's a lot of violence, mm-hmm. and there's also there's violence towards kids. There's violence towards adults. Mm-hmm. Um, there's violence towards a pregnant person. So if any of those are triggers to you, I mean, this you probably want to read this carefully and take good care of yourself as you're reading because. There's there's a lot going on here and, and false accusations and it's it's pointing a lot. the finger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you guys consider reading more from the author? I would. Yeah. I, I would too. I enjoyed this book. Even if it wasn't like a, a fast paced driller, mm-hmm. thriller, I still enjoyed trying to figure out what's going on. I still enjoyed every little snippet that we got into mm-hmm. the other person's life and so yeah. it was enjoyable. It was tough for me on some parts, but I still enjoyed it reading it, like her writing style. I kind of really liked mm-hmm. like it draws you in to where you're committed like I have to find out what's going to happen next yeah. I liked how she know. drew out a lot of their actual um their personalities in the book they mm-hmm. I mean their background where their family's from and mm-hmm. how they're you know even in societies you know people look at you know people from New Jersey a different way Mm -hmm. because they talk different and they sound different and there's a bias towards those people and she really brought out those biases and even made it a focal point for these people like Mm -hmm. you know there is some type of bias to them the wilds because of the where they're from and And how they're raised and what they wear and how they present themselves that to say but that's how society is for the most part and it's just like What's funny to me is that out of all the characters in the book, the Wilds were the ones that I liked the most. And, and they the were the outlaws. I liked ones. their last mm-hmm. name, and I wonder if she did that on purpose. Like, their last name is Wild. You know, I know yeah. there's an E at the end, but <laughs> but I, I do think it was pretty cool that she made them stand out. And not just one person in that family stood out. They all oh. stood mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Even the little boy, I mean, just mm-hmm. he was, you know, different in his own world and unfortunately that's kind of why the sister loved him so much you know yeah. and she's different up for him and yeah. yeah i mean overall i mean i would love to see her write a true crime i mean she can oh, really yes. put present a good that. scene mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i know i feel like it, it almost seemed like evidence those yeah little clues yeah. here and there so mm-hmm. i would love to see a true crime from her mm-hmm. um do you guys think it was true to the genre Yes, I think it was. I do I too. Mean, it's, overall, it's a thriller. It's it. There were things that you have to figure out in order to to get to that 
ending or to get to that truth. And mm-hmm. there was a twist at the end where mm-hmm. a big twist, yeah. big. Yeah. I mean, I felt like a lot of it too was a little lo- like philosophy, I guess that's what you call it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the sequel was more of like a metaphor throughout the whole book. Like it was more of like, they're passing the actual blame to the actual sequel. Mm-hmm. The sequel is this. It's causing us to hate each other. Yeah. It's causing us to do this. Like, it was a metaphor for... I did find it plot. funny that they But used... it was actually... And it they did do a really good job of tying in that as a metaphor, but also it was physically there. Yeah. And it's it dragged a... things down. But I did know? find so it funny it... how Gertie and her family were the ones that made it better for the neighborhood. They used the slip and slide... And then how Julia went in and oh, found yeah. Shelly. Mm-hmm. So it was their family that actually got everything like taken care of. But yet they were the outsiders. Yeah. I, I do feel like it was a true to the genre in general. Like, I love how, if you have the physical book, I mean, you just, like, like the whole map situation, I loved. Like, mm-hmm. just because I'm a visual person. So when it comes to, like, visualization, um, I like to see where the sequel is, where... Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it it was true to the genre for me. I could have seen a little bit too. more in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that leads us to our fuck, Mary kill. So I'll go first. I think my Mary would be Gertie just because she's so relatable and she just, even though she's quirky in her own self, that she just, She's your best friend, and she'll mm-hmm. always be your best friend, regardless of what she does. Mm-hmm. My fuck would be Artie, um, and that's just because Ar- Artlow, sorry, <laughs> not Artie, um, Artlow, and just because he's, like, that bad boy that likes to drink and hang out, and he's an artist, and he likes to sleep in, <laughs> like to party, Yeah. <laughs> Um, my kill would definitely be, mm, I feel bad for this one, Shelly. I would have totally killed her just because she's she's already dead. So don't feel bad. She's just such a brat. I mean, I don't do well with brattiness. Or mean girls. Just the mean girl aspect of her. I understand a lot of her problems or for disability comes from or stems from her mom. But I would have totally killed her. Yeah, my so mine are a little similar to yours. I also chose to fuck Arlo, but to me, okay, so he's just like you guys know my type already. I think he he's like the most artistically inclined of the whole group of adults, mm-hmm. and he's this songwriter. And so I'm like, okay, okay, and he has these tattoos, and you know. With the fuck thing, you don't have to worry about he used to be an addict and all that. Like, there's no strings attached, you know. So that would be my pick, would be Arlo. As far as my Mary, (laughs) somehow I always end up choosing people that are chosen by someone else. Whatever. (laughs) It would also be Gertie. I just love her personality. She's just this resilient individual who came from horrible abuse as a kid and being used for her body and her appearance and then she comes into this neighborhood where she's being judged and she still chooses to show her best self and to me that's very that's very unique and very strong of her to do that she's just still wanting to to befriend this Rhea lady even though she's 
big old bitch, you know, and she's still trying to show her kids like, well, you know, I understand people are seeing us as the outcasts, but you guys, you guys can go still go still go and hang out with these other kids. So she's trying to essentially be show a better world to her kids and show live in a better world, even herself. She's trying to grow and, and be different. And and so I really like her. And then my kill would be Charlie's mom. So Charlie in the book has two moms. I don't remember their names, but it's the one that gets interviewed. And she admits that she knew that there was something wrong with what the neighborhood mob was doing, but she decided not to speak up. And to me, that that was really disappointing, especially because everybody in the neighborhood was so susceptible to each other's ideas of what was going on. And all it would have taken could have been she could have been that one person that stopped the mob from creating all the chaos that they created and all causing all that damage that they caused to the wilds. Yeah. So for me, I would choose to fuck Danny. He was Arlo's bandmate. And when Arlo called to kind of like apologize for like the band breaking up, he was so understanding and was like, we don't hold any bad grudges. So that's why I chose him. And then I would marry Peter. He was the guy in the wheelchair in the neighborhood. And he was kind of the wilds only like person standing up for them. And that took a lot of courage. Plus his background as why he's now a veteran kind of got to me. So I wanted, I chose him. And then I would kill Gertie's stepmom. She offered her up to these pageant people. And I just can't stand for that. So she's, she's gone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She was just searching for fame. She was. And I just didn't, I didn't like that part. And I felt so bad for Gertie. So stepmom's dead. (laughs) Slashed. I know. (laughs) I feel like they all deserve to die. The ones we picked. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do not feel guilty. Well, this leads us to our last segment, which is our small business shout out for this week. Our small business shout out goes to RWMB underscore book club. Mm -hmm. So she is the wonderful artist that did our graphic. Uh, I know you guys are used to seeing our faces smack dab in the middle of every episode, but she actually did a great thing for us and made us our cute little mermaids holding our books or should I say our books are holding our parts together? <laughs> um, and that's what you see on our on our new podcast profile picture. So she she did a great job. She worked with us. This was actually her first time creating a different kind of graphic before she would work on essentially uh, portraits, pretty much. So you would send her your, your profile picture or a picture that you wanted her to make into a graphic. And with us, she she worked on making us into mermaids, and it was it was pretty awesome. She, I think, we she kept on going job. back and forth and telling her like, "Oh, what about this? Oh, what about that?" And she did such a great job of just staying so optimistic through it. Like, "Oh yeah, no problem. Like, I'll do, I'll do that. I'll do that." Mm-hmm. So it was great working with her and and having her do our our graphic. We really loved it. Thank you. And so, just so you guys know, RWMB stands for read with me, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm like, that's how I pronounce it. Okay, guys. I think that's fun enough, right? (laughs) Right. She might've been nicer about it if she read it in her head, but this is how I read it. (laughs) What do you guys think we should read next? Some thrills. 
Ready for the thrills? Dun, dun, dun. I think we should read No Bad Deed by Heather Chavez. Yes, Heather. Ooh. We should definitely read some Heather. We should definitely read <laughs> Heather's. <laughs> I'm excited for this one. I picked Can it you guys up. Tell who picked this book? Heather. <laughs> I picked it up on a trip to Monterey oh. at the Santa Cruz bookshop. So I've been excited for this one. Heather. <laughs> Heather, Heather, Heather. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.